Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, happy Monday. You're back. You're yes, you are. Us. Good job. Yep. You win. Yep. You're reading your Bible. Yeah. Pastor Rod, one thing from California, if you could have food re- food item delivered to your house right now, what would it be? Mm, I, I mean, no doubt it would be some kind of Californian Mexican, California Mexican. I, I, there's so many places that I like, though, that I would have a hard time narrowing it down which one. But I want some Mexican food. Okay. I mean, that's that's what I want. I mean, even having Wahoos. I miss Flame Broiler. That's not Mexican, but that I miss burnt that. meat is all that it's is. Not, it, it was, I mean, it's healthy-ish. It's on the healthier side of the spectrum, and I appreciated that. That was good. I, I mean, I miss burritos. I mean, I, I miss it. There was this place called the Red Chile in Norwalk that was open for like 20, 30 years. Even more than that, perhaps. They closed down like 10 years ago, 5, 10 years ago. Anyway, they had the best Mexican food ever. I miss that. I, <laughs> there's so many places. Tam's Burgers. That is, I mean, they were in the, they were featured in the Super Bowl two years ago, maybe Tam's burgers. They, they were shown as in the background as the part of the LA skyline kind of thing. I missed that because they had the best chili cheese fries and they also had some really good burgers. But what if like your regular fare, because you wouldn't often drive up no, to I Norwalk wouldn't. or like, I wouldn't No, you're something that you could have access urban to. plates. Okay. I, I went to urban plates like 19 times out of, out of the week. Yeah. I would have all my lunches there because there was good food. Yep quality food and there was the urban plates pass where you could spend 10 bucks a month or whatever it was and get everything for yeah, but that got jacked up towards the end there it did they, they increased the price thanks a lot biden but i missed that <laughs> by yeah. inflation we just had some people go back out to california this week that or last week that stopped at uh, del taco for their first stop del off the taco yeah I, there's a i found out looking at a map there was a del taco here was there there was in mckinney Huh. And they closed the doors down, I guess, because no one cared about it, which I I understand. Who eats at Del Taco for fun? Uh, I'm not going to sell them out, but their initials are uh, Angelo and Ali Trinidad. <laughs> okay, okay. They would have to go there a lot more to sustain their business because apparently even North Texas doesn't care a lot about Del Taco. Right. There's one up in Oklahoma and people are like, you could go up to Oklahoma. I'm like, why would you? Exactly. Why would you do well, that? No one's going to do No one cares enough. No. There was one here and it's closed down. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Hutchins the other day. Okay. So, I mean, that, that's that's better food than all of that. That's better food than Del Taco for sure. Yes. Yeah. What'd I, you get? I Let me guess. Brisket. I got brisket uh, and the jalapeno cheddar sausage. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that's really good. Yep. Delish. And I did get a Texas Twinkie. Of course you did. But. 550. I'm not. Worth I did, it. I don't. I'm not a huge Texas Twinkie fan. Like. Okay. I, I just. Just give me the brisket. You I don't, don't have to fight, but I'm a little offended. I don't need the rest of it. Just okay. give me the brisket. All right. The brisket will suffice. I mean, yeah, I, if, if someone brought me a plate of Texas Twinkies versus a plate of brisket, I don't, I would be equally as happy, I think. Yeah. I don't think I would be sad either way. I think I would take the brisket. Well, I'm not saying that I don't have a preference, but I would be really happy for both. So if somebody wanted to bring brisket and Twinkies to us while we recorded the podcast. You could drop the brisket off at my door and the <laughs> Twinkies off at Pastor Ra's door. Or you split it half and half. Because I, I no, like both. I just want the brisket. Okay. Well, then only bring brisket then. I'll save the Twinkies for later. <laughs> We would accept it is all we're trying to say. That's, on that. that's all we're trying to yeah. say. Well, hey, let's jump into uh, something that is uh, not, not, not quite as delectable necessarily. Not as to, tasty. To, to study this all the suffering. This is a tough pill to swallow. This is a tough pill to swallow. 
but it is uh, it is more beneficial than uh, than the brisket. Far is. healthier. Yeah, and certainly more so than Del Taco. Yeah. Yeah, Job uh, picks back up in chapter 17. Again, th- th- these breaks are artificial breaks. And uh, and so Job is continuing from his uh, previous bemoaning, even as he had that uh, glimpse of hope in chapter 16, talking about the one that was going to be his witness in heaven. Well, in chapter 17 here, he um, opens up with a, a pretty hopeless statement. My spirit is broken. My days are extinct and the graveyard is ready for me. I titled chapter 17, Confidently Hopeless. Um, I titled it, wah, wah, wah. Oh really? Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> I didn't title how do you, that. How do you spell that? <laughs> I don't know. Chapter three, though, th- this is an interesting statement. He says, "Lay down a pledge for me with you. Who is there to put up security for me?" Th- this is Job asking, "Who's going to post my bail? Can I finally please get out of of jail here, so to speak?" And uh, he's he's asking, is there anyone that's going to come to my defense? And certainly that's not going to be with his friends. He takes a shot at his friends in verse 5, warning them about their their words. He who informs against his friends to get a share of their property, the eyes of his children will fail. In other words, Job is is really calling his friends out saying, you need to be careful about what you're doing here because it's it's not uh, it's not good. Uh, verse 9, though, is, is interesting. Another potential glimpse of, of not hope, but uh, Job's confidence in who he is. Uh, verse 9 says, Yet the righteous holds to his way, and he who has clean hands grows stronger and stronger. Uh, there's a lot of debate as to the ultimate meaning of this verse. Some have said it's the most confusing verse in the entirety of the book of Job when it comes to translating the original language. But one commentator, Franz Andelich, uh, which is an old, old commentary uh, on the Old Testament, has commented on this verse, and I think I, I agree with their position. They said, these words of Job are like a rocket, which shoots above the tragic darkness of the book, lighting it up suddenly, although only for a short time. In other words, Job is reasserting his position that, and reminding us in the midst of this, because we can forget. Remember the God's assessment of Job at the very beginning of the book. There's no one like him on the face of the earth. And so this is another glimpse of that uh, assertion that Job is reminding us, man, I, I, I hold fast to my, my testimony that I am a righteous man and this is not warranted of, of the life that I've lived. Yeah, I feel I feel for Job, and we should we should all feel for Job. But again, as we think about this, the important thing to consider and weigh as we read through his misery is that we have all been comforted in ways far greater than Job will ever know. At least in terms of when his he's living in light of the book, even though we know the end of the story, he's going to be restored. Um, he doesn't know what you and I know. Right. We have Christ. We have hope. We have redemption. Job can only look forward to what God will do, but we can look backward and say, if God loved us in this way. Will he not also with him give us all things? Right. If God was willing to give us his son, then certainly God loves us. We have so much more to hang our hope on than Job does. So I feel for him. And But with the light he had, man, he's, he's doing the best that he can. Yeah. And, and think about it. What would you want to go back and tell Job? in the midst of this. What, what counsel would you say, man, if I could Just go wait back. 2,000 years, buddy. Right. <laughs> 2,000 years, that's it. Right. Right. What would you want to go back and, and, and hold out hope for him with, right? And thinking of that, think about your your neighbors. Think about your, your coworkers. Think about your family members who are opening up headlines and reading about all of the, the, the tragic things happening in this world right now and ask yourself, man, what are they hoping in? How, what's keeping them from the despair of Job? And I, I think a lot of the times it's, it's just we numb ourselves with pursuits of what's right in front of our eyes so that we don't have to think too much about the, the tragedy of, of this world spinning out of control. But mm. uh, tell that to the people that, that are, are coming through the, the recent earthquake or tell that to what's the people in South Korea as uh, North Korea is firing on contested areas. Tell that, I mean, eventually life catches up and you have to deal with the hopelessness of, of, of life. And so Job at least had something a little bit more 
than your unbelieving coworkers and, and neighbors have because he had a knowledge of God and, and a, a trust that, that God was sovereign over this all, though he didn't know everything that we know. So all that to say, Christian, you've got to hope that this world is desperate for and that this world needs right now. And the answer of how do we endure, how do we sustain ourselves through uh, suffering that comes our way in this world? Well, as Christians, uh, we have this hope that this world is not the, all there is, but the, the lost all around you, they don't have that hope, but you have the message that can give them that hope. Chapter 18, then we get Bildad. And Bildad, the shoe height, the smallest man in the Bible. Why is uh, that? Because he's the shoe height. Oh. He's, he's the height oh. of a shoe. Yep. 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 You thought it was Zacchaeus, but you're wrong. Mm. Actually, uh, shorter than Zacchaeus is Nehemiah. He oh. is he's just a little bit taller than Bildad, the shoe height. You're welcome, dads. There you go. There's some ammunition to take home to the uh, dinner table tonight. Use it sparingly. Yep. Hey, uh, Job 18, Bildad comes in and uh, this is really not as much any new information, but more general discourse on the wicked and how God treats the wicked. And, and Job is encouraged by Bildad, so to speak, to lower his defenses and to agree with the friends. And uh, Bildad then just rehearses, here's the way that God exacts his retribution against the wicked. So I, I, I don't know if you pulled anything specific out of chapter 18 there, Pastor Rod. I, I, not a, a ton new jumped off the page at me in that section. I think the, the one thing, well, there's a few things, but one that I think is worth pointing out is in verse four here. He says, you who tear yourself in anger. I, I wonder if if Bildad is actually saying the opposites or or at least coming against Job in chapter 16, chapter 16, verse 9, Job says this, he has torn me in his wrath, his anger, uh, yeah. and he has hated me, and he's gnashed his teeth against me. My adversary sharpens his eyes against me. He's talking about God's uh, supposed or apparent, uh, apparent contesting against Job. Well, when, when Job is complaining about this, Bildad says, no, man, you yourself are the one. You're, you're causing your own problems. You're yeah. making your own bed. You're lying in it. This is not God. Shall the earth be forsaken for you or the rock be removed out of its place? In other words, that reality is not going to bend to your perception of it, Job. It's not God. It's you. So I think that's interesting to point out here. Yeah. One of the challenges that or one of the difficulties in reading Job, and I would encourage you as you read through it, is to just you might notice Pastor PJ and I both try to annotate our Bible so that we can kind of visualize and remember what's happening and where. Now, as I told you, there's cycles in the book of Job. There's three cycles. Each of the guys speak three times except for Zophar. He only has two arguments. And between each of them, Job says something. He'll he'll lament, he'll contest his friends, or he'll complain about this or that. So if you can, in your Bibles, write in them, make notes, who's talking, what number of arguments is it, how does Job respond? If you can put little notes like that in your Bible, those are helpful. Pay attention to where, where they reference each other. There's a lot of that, probably more than that than you'd expect. Yep. Yeah. Well, in Job 19, then Job responds and, uh, and Job comes back and uh, responds to, to Bildad and says, how long will you torment me and break me in pieces with your words? And so again, there's kind of the, the it's not petty, but it's just this repeated back and forth between Job and his friends going back and, and, and seeing all these things. But look at verse six. Here we've got a problem. So chapter 19 is a high watermark in some regards in the book of Job, but at the same time, it's, it's not without its problems. Verse six in the ESV says, know then that God has put me in the wrong. Okay. If you take your uh, your Bible, your your Logos Bible software, and maybe you tab over, or maybe you've got another Bible translation sitting on your bookshelf at home. Pull off another Bible translation. Look up uh, Job nineteen six, and I'll just, I'll spoil it for you. The the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, and the NASB read what the text literally says in the Hebrew. God has wronged me, and so 
here, we, and we've talked about this, that Job has danced on the razor's edge of accusing God of wrongdoing, and now there's no dancing anymore. Now he's just taking the full plunge. Now he is saying, God has done me wrong in this. He has, he has, has wronged me in this. And so if, if you've ever thought to yourself, okay, Job seems to really be uh, just spinning his wheels and, and, and he's having to suffer under all of his friends coming at him, and then God shows up and, and says, where were you? Who do you think you are? And man, that seems a little bit harsh from God. The reason God does that is for statements like this that Job makes here in Job nineteen six when he says of God, "You've wronged me. You've you've done something against me that is is not right." Um, he says in verse seven, "Behold, I cry out violence, but I'm not answered. I call for help, but there is no justice." We've talked about the fact that Job may have been written later in life. I wondered when I saw this. I don't know if you picked up on it too, Pastor Rod, but the allusions to Habakkuk one. When the prophet says, how long can I cry out injustice and there's no answer? How long am I going to cry out violence and you don't do anything? It sounds a lot like Job uh, 19.7. And so whether that's Habakkuk picking up on Job or the writer of Job, vice versa. But again, the point here is Job is, is saying, hey, God, you've wronged me. Uh, but then there's the, the highlight that as he gets on later, he hopes in a resurrection. He says, you know what? I want my, my words to be written down. Um, in other words, if, if this is it, I, I want uh, these things to be inscribed in a book so that my testimony is sure that I am pleading my righteousness because I know that I will be vindicated. And that's verses 25 and 26 when he says, my redeemer lives and in mm. the end I will stand uh, with him. He will stand on the earth and I will be with him. My flesh, I shall see God. Such a good point there. Uh, one small contribution before we finish chapter 19 here. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is a lie. And Job says as much here. You break me in pieces with your words, yeah. talking to his friends. I would again charge you, as I am encouraging myself this year, to take special care about the words that you deploy in the lives of others. The words that you say have great meaning and they have great weight. And they can be so damaging, so painful that they can last your lifetime. I'm sure you have stories, Pastor Peter, where people have said things to you that have just stayed with you, yeah. even if you don't want them to do that. Yeah, you said something to me last week. And I, yeah, you know, I, I was trying to make that... <laughs> Just listen to me. <laughs> Guard your words and don't be like Job's friends. Yeah, I was 100%. I would agree with that. Yeah, I'll also notice in Job 19, 17, that Job had bad breath. On top of that, he Halitosis? <laughs> my breath is repugnant to my wife and my kids. They don't even, uh, yeah. Dude, he's just, it boils. His skin is turning black in places. So, I mean, yeah. flesh is rotting. I bet he stinks. Yep. I mean, he's, he's clearly not smelling good. It's a bad scene. He, uh, everything, his, everything, his whole body is just failing. Yep. It, it's a terrible scene. It's a horrible scene. Yeah. Chapter 20 then, here comes Zophar. And we're, we're, we're thinking, okay, maybe, uh, maybe then things will get better. They're not going to get better. They're not going to get better. In fact, Zophar's message is basically give up Job and recognize God's ways. And, and similar to Bildad, Zophar rehearses the way that God interacts with the wicked. Uh, look at verse four. Do you not know this from of old since man was placed on earth? The, the exulting of the wicked is short and the joy of the godless is but for a moment. And so Zophar is saying, look again, Job, look at the evidence. Consider the evidence here. You're suffering. This is what God does in the lives of the wicked. The, yeah, you had a good run for a brief amount of time, but it caught up with you. And that's what the what we see in, in the way that God deals with people, he punishes wicked people. And Job, you seem to be one of them as well. And so Zophar is uh, is far from a comforting friend here. He's, He's so far from being comforting. So far from it. <laughs> that's one that's going to Terrible. Oh, this is the worst episode yet. It is. Plenty of dad jokes, though, for you guys. Yeah, but verse 29 is the summation of his argument. This is the wicked man's portion from God, the heritage decreed for him by God. In other words, that's you, Job. This is not good advice. This is not comforting at all from Zophar. 
So notice in verse 19, he says, look, he has crushed and abandoned the poor. He has seized a house that he did not build because he knew no contentment in his belly. Uh, Zophar is going for the jugular. Uh, in fact, this is what made Job so blamelessly upright. I mean, he talks about clothing the naked, caring for the orphan and the widow, providing justice and, and just everything. And yet Zophar is contradicting him and saying, no, dude, you abandon the poor. You crush them. You stole from them. You seize their house. And this is much like the Pharisees when the Pharisees are, uh, they devour widows' houses is what Jesus says when he's condemning their actions. And then he says in verse 20, like you were greedy. You weren't content. You weren't happy with your lot in life. So you had to go and steal from the from the most vulnerable among us, which is, again, the opposite of what God says about Job and even how Job testifies about his own life. So Zophar's speech summarizes essentially, look, you you are experiencing exactly what you would expect those who are wicked to experience. You were under divine judgment. Job, if you'll simply repent, things could be better for you. Yeah. Look, we're about halfway through the book at this point, and, uh, and maybe you're you're wearing it with job it's it's hard it's a hard book to read but here's a couple of things just to think about applicationally again from a 30,000 foot view number one if if you're suffering if you feel like man i identify with job in this book remember that there are things going on in the counsel of God that we're not aware of. I'm not saying that Satan has shown up before the Lord and said him going, Hey, have you considered my service? So-and-so I'm just saying there are purposes to what God is doing in your life, even as he permits and allows affliction and suffering that, that we're not privy to. And, uh, so remember that. Remember that your suffering is not for nothing. In fact, there's a book by Elizabeth Elliot that, that's called just that. Your suffering is not for nothing. Um, that, that God even uses these seasons in your life to do things in your life for his good, ultimately, and, and which is, is your good. Um, and so remember those things in the midst of suffering. And then the second thing is, if, if you're not the one suffering, if you know people who are, as Pastor Otto has encouraged you multiple times, uh, think wisely, intentionally, be careful with, with your words as you come alongside them. Weep with those who weep. And, and like we said last episode, yeah, we need to at times admonish and exhort and, uh, and pray for wisdom to know when to do that in the right time to do that. So uh, we're halfway through Job. Stick with us. Keep coming. Don't quit. Keep showing up. Keep reading your Bible. And we'll be back with you guys again tomorrow. See you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.